this is Buffalo Ghost Light. I'm Layla. And I'm Zach. And this is our first episode. Um, I don't know why a spooky sound is necessary, but... (laughs) Ghost Light. A ghost light, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So you may be wondering what this podcast is, and that's a legit question. Um, So Buffalo Ghost Light, the intent of our podcast is to create... uh, information and a podcast that is geared towards voices that aren't usually heard and um you know giving stories and and sharing ideas that people come up with and different processes within creating um usually to do with theater but like i'm really come from a theater background but zach you have a very different background than i do yeah that's that's exactly it i have no theater background almost uh i'm <laughs> i guess i'm i'm a noob to theater i don't know what you would call that in the theater community <laughs> if there's a term definitely not noob <laughs> i don't even think anybody uses that anymore <laughs> no that's like such a 90s term it is and that's how we're starting um, it off. Outdated yes. terms. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it, it'll be fun because it gives different perspectives on theater. We'll also talk about film. We'll talk about doing uh, theater and creativity within an audio medium, since that turn is turning into a field that a lot of us are having to use right now, since we cannot physically be near each other. Um, right, so and also film I should probably mention that's kind of my area of expertise. That's that's why I'm here. Yes. <laughs> so we have different viewpoints as to, you know, different ways of looking at creating stuff that will be appreciated by an audience. Yeah, and I'm very excited to take this deep dive and kind of learn a little bit more about theater and all of these new mediums that we're going to be experiencing. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. Um, So for anyone who doesn't know, Buffalo Ghost Light is, um, we're kind of a jumping off point from a theater company that is based in Buffalo called Green Buffalo Productions. It's a small theater company that is dedicated to working with local talent and it puts up works uh, of the lesser known. Our mission is to bring attention to underrepresented voices in the Western New York community, and we produce new works of theater and provide resources for unpublished writers. So a lot of what we do is based within the theater scene, but um, through our growth as a company, we've actually started incorporating more film as well as podcasts um, and long form uh almost like radio programs, which uh, one of our founders, Maddie Sedler, has been working on for a while. Um, And our three main objectives are to foster the creation and production of original works of theater, to provide opportunities for marginalized writers and performers by remaining accessible and encouraging, and to enrich our community through meaningful collaboration. And I think that to me has been one of the things I've loved the most about being part of this company is that it is highly collaborative. We constantly are saying like, Hey, I have this idea. What do you think? And then five people will be like, I know I could do this for you. And yeah, that's kind of my experience with working with green Buffalo. I've been, you know, working unofficially, I guess you would say with everyone for about two and a half years almost. And yeah, it's been very, eye-opening and expressing you know hearing these new voices and kind of getting involved in different communities that I wouldn't have been involved in if I 
you know, hadn't taken the leap and looked into other avenues like theater. Mm-hmm. And I think what might also help is kind of getting a background as to what, like where we're coming from. And so um, Ellen and Maddie, they're both um, theater creators. Ellen has more of a writing background. Um, Maddie also writes a lot. She actually is quite a prolific playwright um, and has been working on a long form podcast as well. Um, But uh, they wanted to create a theater space and a theater uh, company that was dedicated towards people whose voices aren't usually heard, for people who are underrepresented, who are new. And actually quite a few of the actors that um, when we were doing live productions, they either had never acted before or this was still a new medium to them or it was something that they had always wanted to do and they just never had an opportunity. And that's something that I value a lot um, and I, I found very important to me. So when I had the opportunity to start collaborating with them, I immediately jumped at the chance. Yeah, and that's kind of how I got involved too, was they were looking for people who weren't familiar with the medium of theater to direct, you know, those one-act plays, and I think that's probably the first thing that we indirectly worked on together too, because you directed one one of the spooky plays in late 2018, is that correct? Yeah, I yeah. did the, um, the one that was... The Bloody uh... Mary one, right? Yeah, the Bloody Mary. Oh my gosh, that was such a fun short play. I loved it. When I first got the script, I was, I was, the thing that was so, that's been so fun with the spooky one acts is that it's kind of mutated over time and it's changed every year, which I think, you know, it's good for things to adapt and change. And with the first one, we were assigned our plays, um, I think with this, we have always been assigned our plays, but we were also just assigned randomly actors, mm-hmm. which in a way was really great for me as a as a director because it really forced me to work with what I had, and I got. I think I was the luckiest of all the directors that you're um, the only season. one who's went off without a hitch. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It was very odd where like everyone else, and I didn't find out about it until like when we were at dress rehearsal and they were like yeah this person dropped out and this person got sick so they couldn't do it and this person couldn't make it and I was like I had no issues like we had flawless rehearsals I think we missed one because someone wasn't feeling well but we like never had a problem they were like wow that's really great Layla so glad that you're here it's like (laughs) I'm sorry didn't know it was gonna happen that way yeah, mine was kind of a disaster where the first assigned actor, we I had two actors in my play. The one was great and was there all the time, super dedicated. And the other one that was assigned to me just stopped responding to the email before the first rehearsal. So I had somebody I knew step in. And then two weeks before the show, they told me that they were feeling ill. And at that time, Maddie and Ellen were both on vacation. So... <laughs> They, we didn't really have a full group of people searching for our replacement actor, but we ended up finding somebody a week before the show. We had two or three rehearsals. I don't remember. I think it was probably only two. And they memorized the first day they had everything memorized somehow, which I was completely blown away. That was an incredible performance for somebody who just got the script. And yeah, he was that's probably, really impressive. Yeah, he was definitely the best choice for that for that role. 
Yeah, it sometimes happens where um, what seems to be a complete disaster turns into this amazing opportunity. Um, and I'm definitely going to talk about that in a later episode from my experiences as a director throughout college and outside of college, because I feel like a big portion of theater is taking disasters that are going to happen. That's just part of the process and then turning them into your benefit. Um, I It's it's very weird how like a lot of the times you think, okay, this is going to go off without a hitch or you plan for the hitches and then something completely out of left field will turn up and you're like, I was not prepared for you, but you know what? We're going to roll with it. Yep. I, I just with my short experience working in theater, well, I, you see it in film too a little bit, but not as much just because with theater being live, there's so much more additional risk for everything to go wrong. And then you have to like cover for it. Mm-hmm. And I, I've seen so much of that just with the short amount of experience I've had where, you know, an actor will stumble on a line or forget a line and then, you know, make up for it or you know, a prop wasn't put in the right place and then you have to go out there and complete. Just figure it exactly. out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's it's something where like I think I think a lot of people get very fearful of that aspect of theater, which mm-hmm. is funny because that's actually the part of it that I love the most. Yeah. Is figuring out on your feet what you're gonna do. Exactly. And that was my big uh, fear because I always forget like whenever I, I mention in a post or anything I'm always credited as like an actor too and I'm like oh yeah I did do that and it <laughs> blows me away because in like before I was doing anything related to theater I would never like have credited myself as an actor or even thought about being an actor I just kind of like you said disaster happened and I fell into it and it ended up being something I enjoyed a lot, and I enjoyed working with everyone enough. So now, here I still am. <laughs> yeah, that kind of happens a lot with theater. And with, I think that's very common with small theater companies, is we start finding the people who are very reliable and who we know we can work well with. Because as much as um, we try and make it that theater is... You know, we all have our individual jobs, but we're all interconnected. A lot of my work has to do with someone else's work, has to do with someone... Like, you really cannot fully separate yourself from the other people you're around. And I think it's such a social aspect that we try and pretend, oh, well, that's not important. Oh, no, it it really is important. You need to take into account how well you work with other people and how do you manage working with other people. Um, so I think that smaller theater companies, as much as they try to, and we try to do that as well, is very strongly encourage the use of different actors and bring in different people. There is still the tendency to work with people over and over again, because we've seen their work before. We know what they can do. So we want to reach out to them. But I think the thing that's very different with Green Buffalo is that we really try over and over again to constantly reach out and find new people and bring them in and have them work with us um, and make sure that their voices are heard as well. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the things I love about working with everybody is that it at first it was very, 
you know, we need a guy to do this or that. And there weren't any auditioning. So it was just kind of like I, it was between me and like two other guys. And I, I don't really <laughs> consider myself wholly an actor. So it was kind of like, oh, can you do this and this at the same time? And it became kind of this juggling act where it was like, yeah, I can do all this. But, you know, if you guys found somebody new, that would also be cool. Right. Yeah. And I think I think that's one of the things that we're constantly working at is finding the balance between working with people we know we can work well with and mm-hmm. we know what their work ethic is, but then also making sure that we do incorporate new people and stick to our uh, mission of finding and working with underrepresented voices and people um, within the theater community and within just like any creative artistic community. I think that's really big. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's also a big benefit of um, doing the quarantine quarters and, you know, all the radio radio play stuff lately is seeing those new people in action, throwing things at them, seeing if they're able to stick with it and seeing how reliable they are. Because that like I was just looking at the server that we do all of the readings over for the quarantine quarters. And there's like over 100 people on there. And I don't know if I know like 80 percent of them. Yeah, and that's kind of cool. Like, even though the quarantine has really separated us physically from each other, in a way, it's also brought together people that we probably would have never been able to work with because they were still within the Western New York region, but still far from us. And so having this ability of being able to connect and work with each other in a creative way is really impactful for me personally. Right. It's really grown our community. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, one thing I, I wanted us to go over before I forget is kind of our backgrounds, um, because we both kind of superficially mentioned I have a background in theater and you have a background in film. But I think it would be interesting to get into more specifics. Right. Um, I, I can start or you can start, whoever, whatever you prefer. <laughs> uh, if you want to start, that that would be cool, just so I have a format. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. So um, I grew up in Louisiana till I was five and then I left the United States um, and I grew up in a bunch of different countries. But one of the things I uh, came to fall in love with was theater. It became this really great space that I could be in and feel comfortable no matter where I was. Um, which was funny because I, I also, like many theater people, kind of fell into it. I had started off as a singer, and then they needed a choir for a show, and so I went as a, one of just a choir. I wasn't really in many scenes, and during the performance, one of the actors said, hey, you know, you're, you, you seem to enjoy the performance side of this. You should seriously consider doing this. I was 10, so I was like, yeah, whatever, okay. Um, but then every school I went to after that, I kept getting involved in theater productions, um, usually for musicals, because I still sang quite a bit. But then as I got older, I started doing more and more straight plays, which are non-singing um, performances. So um, then I started taking theater courses within high school, because uh, I went into the IB program, the International Baccalaureate, which is a very insane, intensive program. Um, and their theater program uh, really kicked my butt, but it also 
led me to the realization that I really loved theater to the point of I wanted it to become my career. It wasn't just something that I had interest in as a, just a thing to do. It, I realized very quickly that this was something I wanted to become my future, even if it was secondary to whatever career I had to work to make money. So I applied to a bunch of colleges. At the time, I wanted to go into acting. So I was applying to a bunch of acting-specific programs. And um, on a whim, I also applied to just a general theater program in the U.S. Um, Most of the other programs I had applied to were overseas. Um, And I got into the general theater program And I realized towards the end of my senior year of high school that I wanted to learn more than just acting. I wanted to grow my perspective and really find out what in theater made me the most happy and inspired me the most. Um, So in a weird way, it turned out good that I I applied. It turned out well that I applied to that uh, theater program. Um, So I went to SUNY Purchase, uh, graduated uh, in 2016 with a double major in theater and performance and arts management because my mom was very smart in telling me it's good to know how to do theater it's also very good to know how to manage a theater <laughs> um, so I graduated I moved to Buffalo in that fall of 2016 I didn't do theater for about a year I think I was just very um exhausted because I had done 16 years straight of schooling academia had kind of taken its toll on me and I just didn't know I didn't have that passion anymore like I used to I still loved it but it wasn't like I felt that need and I knew I was burnt out essentially Um, so I took about a year off and then the first show I started doing again I was a stage manager And it reminded me 100% how much I loved theater and how much I wanted to keep doing it. So I started um, working with um, Green Buffalo kind of on a whim. I just said, like, hi, I I do writing, but I also direct. And they were like, we need a director. Please let us know what you can do. And that's how I got into the spooky one act. So, yeah, kind of a weird trajectory to how I got it. But, yeah, very passionate about theater It's probably one of the things that drives me the most and gives me such a a desire to learn and grow as a person. What about you, Zach? (laughs) All right. Well, uh, I'm from Buffalo. I've never left. So (laughs) that's, um, I, you know, I didn't go anywhere. Uh, but when I was younger, I wanted to be an illustrator and more specifically a cartoonist. Like I wanted to work on comics. That was my big thing. And through middle school, you know, I was perfecting my craft. I was drawing every day and I was coming up with, I was wanted to be a writer also. I, I knew I had stories I wanted to tell. So I decided late in middle school, you know, I'm going to go for the art program in high school and i'm gonna go through it was called like the academy of art where you got a specific high school degree in art and it would get you into a better art college and my freshman year of high school i went in and they did not look fondly on cartooning they wanted very much you to be you know pen and paper like 
draw this as realistically as possible, figure out exactly how you want to shade that, and any other out art style that you pick is less than whatever we're doing, which I hated, and everyone who was in that program who was ahead of me just told me to wait it out, but I couldn't do that, I didn't want to do that, so... You know, through growing up, I've also had this love of film that I was getting, and I loved animation also, and I wanted to kind of combine the two, so I was figuring out what I was doing there, and it was in this specific point in high school where YouTube was becoming big, and I was discovering all these new filmmakers and, you know, listening to behind-the-scenes thing, like, documentaries and everything, and I realized I wanted to give that a shot. So I started writing my own scripts and figuring out exactly how to get that done by myself. I wanted to be self-reliant in the film I did, which, you know, growing up, that's really the only way you could do it because it's impossible to find other people who are willing to do that type of thing in such a small community and at a small school. And luckily I found my high school fortunately had a tv program where i was able to you know learn new skills and kind of master the craft and what i wanted to do and i also ended up discovering drama at the same time from some of my english teachers and right before i left high school i had no idea what i wanted to do i didn't know if i wanted to go to college for film i just knew really badly that i wanted to do film luckily my high school english teacher that i had my senior year gave me some good advice. He told me if I wasn't completely sure, take a year off, figure out what I want to do, then go for it. If that's if by the end of that year, the end of the two years that I selected to go for what I wanted to do. And I luckily spent those two years really honing my skills and trying new things in film. I learned video editing and, you know, I, I learned framing all of the skills I would need to make my own films. And I wrote a lot in that time, so I was able to kind of get some practice in that way as well. And luckily, you know, there's a lot of great resources online for learning this stuff besides just going traditionally to college. And then I ended up caving, and I went anyways uh, two years later, and I really, you know, figured everything out. I realized this is what I want to do. I want to get into the film industry somehow and make this what my life was about. This is the thing I like to do. And right in the middle of my, after I got my associate's degree in communications and media, I was trying to get my first short film off the ground. And luckily it didn't for, it didn't come together because I'm looking back at the script now and it's terrible. I'm so glad I didn't make this. <laughs> And uh, I was on an actor's page for Buffalo Actors, and I ended up stumbling upon a post from Green Buffalo that said, hey, we need directors for theater. And I was, you know, I was just kind of looking around at that time. So I thought, you know, it doesn't hurt to send an email. And I let them know, you know, I'm a filmmaker. I've never done anything like this. And then I got an email like a week later that said, yeah, come meet us at this place and we'll give you all the information you need to direct a play. And that's kind of how I got into theater. And all of the theater I've done has been with Green Buffalo too. So 
I, I really loved what I did with that. And then I found out they were doing their first full production and I wanted to get some more experience in this world. So I said, hey, I um I want to do some stage work, you know, figure out what I can do. And they said that they had a role as a swing. And I was like, oh, OK, I can do that. They told me I'd be moving set pieces around and filling in if an actor was sick. So I was I was OK with that. And then the um. I think it was after my first rehearsal, I got a phone call that the guy they had selected to be the lead uh, was ghosting them, and <laughs> I was now the new lead, and that, that scared the shit out of me because I have never acted before, and I let them know that, and they said, that's fine, you'll figure it out, and <laughs> I, I did that from there, um, I figured it out, and... I ended up acting. I ended up really enjoying it. And I worked with them on their next production too. And then I started, it, that was the last time I acted actually, but probably due to COVID, I, I would like to return to it eventually. But, you know, I directed some more spooky one acts and then helped everybody kind of adjust to film for the most recent spooky one acts just due to uh, COVID. And that's kind of where we are now. Yeah, it's been definitely really interesting learning. Because for me personally, like, I know nothing about film. I I definitely was a total novice. So then coming into um, the spooky one acts that we had to film during quarantine and, you know, making the added complexity of making sure everyone stayed safe, wearing their masks, um, kept their distances while also you know, filming scenes and learning a brand new medium because um, I learned very quickly that the way I naturally think uh, for the stage is very different than the camera because um, right. with the stage, you're looking from all over the audience. You're really taking an entire perspective, whereas with the camera, it's so much more focused and so much more uh, close that making that change was very surprising to me and was a very big leap. Um, I still don't feel wholly confident in it um, just because I don't really have the practice in it, but it was definitely a great insight for myself and how I, how I work creatively with other people um, within a different medium. Um, and it definitely gave me a huge, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Um, appreciation. That's the word. <laughs> Give me a huge appreciation for a lot of the hard work that goes into creating filmed media. Like there really is so much work that happens that you don't see because it gets either edited out or just doesn't never just never makes it onto. Uh, either film or TV like it really was a huge learning curve that I don't think I ever <laughs> fully mastered I would never say I got uh, even close to mastery I, I feel like I was entry level <laughs> well that, that's how it works though you, you know I, I wouldn't say I mastered anything on theater yet honestly I mean like I I, I have certain things figured out but you know I, I'm still learning like you know, staging and being able to project yourself. And there, there's, it's a completely different skill set, especially if you're acting for, you know, stage compared to screen. 
acting for Mm -hmm. screen you know it's a lot more like you said focused and it's you know a little bit more you know intimate with the camera essentially you you have somebody right in your face the entire time equipment all over the place you have to really cut that distraction out and then theater you know you you need to learn how to like i said before project yourself to an audience and make your body language kind of more exaggerate not exaggerated but like more energetic so that you're able to to project to an entire audience of people who can barely hear you possibly if you were you know to whisper (laughs) compared to on film where you know you just look at it and then you you've got (laughs) a that's acting (laughs) yeah it's it's very it's very interesting the way i always like to um compare it to is like if anyone's watched old star trek if they look at uh, William Shatner versus Leonard Nimoy. William yep. Shatner was trained in stage. Like it's very clear that the acting he does, a lot of people see it now and they're like, "Oh, it's so over dramatic." It's like he trained for the stage. Like that's what he knew how to act for. So then changing that for the camera, it's very different. Um, whereas exactly. Leonard Nimoy, you watch him and you can tell that he trained for film. He really trained for a camera and he knew how to do those subtleties and those changes in voice and eyebrow. Like there are even times where like as a character, he was pretty stony faced, but those little changes and nuances really read very large on camera. Whereas if he had done that on stage, it, you, you would have been like, what is he doing? <laughs> like he's just standing there. It's really boring. <laughs> Yep, that that's a fair point. The one I always think of is Marlon Brando is uh, you know, mm-hmm. or any film in the 50s really. How 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 convincingly can you scream like a lunatic for an hour and a half? That equals the best actor in the film. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's very true. It it definitely is interesting to see how the different fields grow and that's that's why I'm really excited with this podcast is giving us a chance to talk about you know stage screen audio recording how we work creatively and then eventually bring in other creators as well so it's not going to be just Zach and I will bring in Maddie and Ellen who are the founders of Green Buffalo Productions we hope to also bring in some playwrights that we've worked with um, some actors that we've worked with um, so I'm really excited to see where this podcast takes us and I'm really excited that y'all, y'all are on this journey with us. Yeah, and I'm very excited to dive right in and I think this has been a great introduction to what we're going to do here. Yeah, so I'm excited. Until next time, this is uh, Buffalo Ghostlight. <laughs> yeah, we will see you on the next episode and make sure you donate to the Green Buffalo Patreon absolutely this is how we work (laughs) if you want to listen to more episodes or just to make sure our episode runs it absolutely is huge if you can donate uh to our patreon um so definitely check it out we'll make sure to put a link uh in the description we want to thank everlasting enlightenment for our intro and outro music you can find them on facebook youtube instagram and twitter all right, and I think that does it for Green Buffalo Ghost Buffalo Ghost Light. Uh, that's a very trying to com- combine those words. <laughs> I've never ended a podcast before. Help. No, it's okay. <laughs> and and we're done. <laughs>